All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Very fun episode for you today. We're talking about wealth. Now, you hear wealth, you think money. Well, yes, that's one of the five types. There are multiple forms of wealth. Let's dive in. Let me tell you about those. A little office talk. I think that happiness comes in a lot of different forms. And I'll tell you about that and what I'm figuring out in my office. And then we have the closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the ultimate OD podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. And before we start, a word from our sponsor. All right, my fellow optometrists, each day the average American spends over two hours on social media and is eligible to see over 6,000 posts. Many of those people are your patients and potential patients. How can you possibly get heard through that noise? Well, the answer is by consistently posting good and relevant content. But coming up with content is hard. Let me introduce you to Social Jazz. They've built an automated social media content platform. They do all the hard work of coming up with eye care specific ideas, designing the images, writing the captions, researching the hashtags, and scheduling your post for an entire year. They also automatically brand and publish posts for you. You have to check them out. Social Jazz is offering my listeners a free 14-day trial plus 20% off the monthly subscription for your first two months. Sign up at socialjazz.com slash ultimate OD. That's socialjazz.com slash ultimate OD. Let them know we sent you and put your social media on autopilot. Are my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Great episode for you today, but before we get into that, I want to hear how you're doing. Please hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever we're at, you need to find us. We're at the Ultimate OD at your social media page of choice. If you want to talk to me directly, Dr. Lily at theultimateod.com, send me an email. Please, I want to hear from you. I want to talk. I want to get better. You can help me help you, help me, help you. We'll help each other. Okay. That being said, today we're going to talk about wealth. What wealth you say? Money. Well, wealth comes in a lot of different forms and I want to get into that. But first, I want to talk about optometry. Why? I get asked this often from people that I'm interviewing to work at the office, students, you know, random conversations. Why did you choose optometry? Well, to put it in a matter-of-fact form, I love science and I love to learn. Optometry gives you science, it allows you to learn, and it also has a little bit of business aspect to it. All amazing, okay? So when I looked at it, optometry had amazing hours, you get an awesome wage, I love the medical mindset, I love business, And the lifestyle you get to live is awesome. Okay, you get so much control. So that's the trifecta, quadfecta, pentafecta, a lot of fectas there. Okay, that's why I picked it. What people like to do once they start a private practice is look for a way to gauge success. Measure themselves to someone else. And the easiest 
way to do this is by looking at financial wealth, financials, right? Money, all right? We think that if we hit a certain number, it's like a scorecard. You hit this number, you're doing good. You don't hit this number, you're not. It's very black and white. You see on your tax return, you chase numbers, okay? Now, remember, all of us were there. We all said this going through school, that once we get out, we're going to pay off our debt, we're going to make money, and then we're going to be happy, all right? We, I think, think if we chase financial wealth, will create happiness. I do like to say that, you know, money can't buy happiness, but have you ever seen someone not super happy riding that jet ski, right? If they're doing that, they're happy. So money can buy a level of happiness, but it's a point of diminishing returns. After that, it's a nominal effect. And it's a lot lower than you think. I think if you look at the actual research and data, it's like seventy dollars or $80,000 after that, there's not a lot of happiness that comes from money because you've met your basic needs and then you're just looking for the things to spend stuff on, right? So remember that financial wealth is important. You have to have a healthy practice, but that's one of five types of wealth, okay? The other four are just as important as that financial aspect and we'll go and talk about those in a second. But remember, when it comes to financials, it's easy, it's a number, if you're competitive, it's a scoreboard, okay? It's a slippery slope once you chase it too hard and it has a point of diminishing returns, but know your baseline. Once you get your baseline, you need to start looking at the other avenues, okay? What are the other, other avenues of wealth? One, that's social wealth. These are your relationships, okay? Now, you can try to get so much money that you have a certain status that will get you into elite clubs and you'll feel fancy and important, but the moment you lose the money, so do you lose the status, okay? That feels good, but it doesn't have a lot of depth to it, okay? It's very superficial, all right? Remember, as a doctor, you get a chance to speak to so many people on a daily basis. Talk to them. Be interested. Be invested in them, okay? In addition, our profession opens us up to so many doors for social interaction, for relationships, all right? Schools will want to hear what you have to say. They want to hear you talk about the eye. They value that. The chambers of commerce in your city, the community foundations, the nonprofits in the area would love to have someone of your education, of your status on their boards, volunteering, helping them out. You are successful not because of you being a doctor, but because you have shown you can go through and finish what you started. All these nonprofits, all these foundations just want someone to care that will put in some time, effort, and energy to help their organization grow. You're a superhero in their mind, right? Those relationships also give a lot of value to you. You're making a difference. You're changing people's lives outside of work. It's awesome, okay? Make sure you utilize this profession to get in the doors and make a change that you want to see in the world, all right? What do you like? Find a way to use your profession to get there and build that social wealth. That gives you a lot of satisfaction in life, all right? The next thing, by far, in my opinion, the most underappreciated form of wealth is physical wealth. Health is wealth, my friends, okay? Certain professions, certain jobs 
you are going to break your back. Right? You are going to be lifting heavy materials. You're going to be in an ergonomically unadvantageous position. And you're going to have back problems, neck problems. For the most part, if you set your slit lamp up right and do the smart things when you're refracting, you are not going to have chronic use injuries. You're not going to have those slumped shoulders. You can be very comfortable, very ergonomically healthy. Right. In addition... We have a beautiful profession that although we're tired at the end of the day, we're not physically tired as much as we are mentally, okay? So you can work out, you can hike, you can run, you can lift weights in the morning before you go to work. If you get a good workout and before you go to work, you can still function at a high level, all right? If you're doing a very laborious job, if you do a hard workout in the morning, it might make you not as effective at work and that's not good. Okay, working out in the morning gives you more brain function. You're awake. You're good to go. Working out at the end of the day helps you get better sleep, helps you relieve stress, helps your overall well-being be. We have an awesome opportunity with that. So you can have everything in the world, but if you're sick or unable to do what you want because of a physical ailment, it doesn't matter. So make sure you are protecting your physical health. Okay, set your hours and make exercise, nutrition, and sleep a priority. Not very many professions will give you the autonomy to choose these things, right? You get that opportunity. You can set your lunch hour so you can have a healthy lunch. You can set up your office so you have a kitchen. You can make a healthy meal, right? You don't have to eat fast food. Take advantage of that. Too often, we're lazy and we run to the drive-thru. We're lazy and we don't work out when we easily could have just went for a walk at the end of the day. Those things matter and will add up over time. Okay. Now, again, number three wealth of our life is mental health. Okay. No brainer for optometrists. We love to cultivate our mental health. Okay, knowledge, acquiring knowledge is so important to mental health. So many people get to a point in life where they're not challenged. They're just sitting down and looking at their phones. They're watching TV. We have to stay up on the latest things in our profession. One, to be relevant and two, to practice. So continuing education, reading about sclerals, all aspects of optometry. Even if you're not practicing them, we can learn and understand This is awesome. It challenges your brain, your neuron to fire. You stay motivated. You stay energized. Okay. Now realize it does not have to be optometry related, right? Think of all the hats you wear. I love to work out. I love listening to a podcast about working out, how to get the most out of uh, nutrition, out of your exercises, out of just your day-to-day well-being right? What can you do for biohacks to be better and have more energy? This interests me. And you know what? I read about this and then invariably it will come up with a patient and we'll have a conversation and connect on a different level. And by me understanding all these other things that are out there, I can help better treat my patients, help them see ways that they can be better overall, right? Uh, If you love sports, if you love hobbies, every industry can be a mile deep, okay? Don't just scratch the surface. If you find something you like, just get in there. Go deep. Learn as much as you can. This is the beauty of what we do as a profession. We know better than anyone else 
any other profession, I think, out there. We are on par with them because we know how to learn. We know how to study. We know how to gather information and apply it, right? Do this in all walks of life. It does not have to just be your job, but by doing this, you will mentally stay sharp. You will keep your health and well-being mentally. Uh, mental health is huge. And it helps you from preventing burnout. Challenge yourself outside of optometry. Challenge yourself in optometry. But you need to explore all avenues and stay cutting edge. All right. So we talked about financial wealth. Everyone thinks about that as the most important kind of wealth. But as you're seeing, the other ones matter just as much. Social, relationship, physical, mental. All right. What's the last one? The most valuable, the one that we probably take for granted the most is time. Freedom of time. Time wealth. Okay. We are so blessed as private practice owners to have this control of time. We set our schedules. Okay. We can decide how we're going to spend our time, who we're going to spend it with, where we're going to spend it. And we get to decide where we trade time wealth for the other four. You know, we're going to spend this time on physical, on mental, on social, on financial wealth. We get to decide this. We have so much control over the hours we work. Look at a lot of other jobs, a lot of other professions, and we have so much freedom. I don't work afternoon on Fridays. I don't go back until Monday. We still do work. It's awesome. So many offices have this ability. You have this ability. Okay, time is fleeting. It's ultimately going to be gone. Okay, are you making the most of it? Take control of this. Never trade time for financial wealth. The beauty of being a private practice owner is you don't have to trade time for money. That's not a business. That's a really crappy job. If you right now are going in and trading time for money, you have a job. You don't have a business. Develop that, fix that now. That's the number one most important thing that you're going to do after listening to this podcast is to find out how to stop trading your time for money and make money when you're not there. Okay? How can you do that? Listen to the other podcast episodes. We talk about it all the time. But you have to come to that conclusion. Okay? If you listen to anything that I said here, it's knowing that financial wealth has its place. But you, as the private practice owner, as the optometrist, have to look at these other four aspects. Social, physical, mental, and time. Those other four are just as important, if not more important. If you are rich in these other four, my guess is the financial aspect won't make as much of a difference. Okay? And if you are getting so caught up in this financial wealth, maybe you need to take a step back and look at your priorities. Because you might be putting a lot of emphasis on things that don't matter. Okay? But we have an amazing profession. These are benefits that we all get from picking optometry. How are you utilizing them to the best of your abilities? Okay? Do it. Find a way. That's what I have. We'll have more for you next week. Are my friends a little office talk? So today we talked a little bit about wealth 
And I'm going to correlate that to happiness. Okay. I found over the past year, you know, I chased a number. I want to get to a million dollar practice. I did that. It was awesome. I still want to keep going. But once you get there, what do you do next? You just set a higher number and say, hey, that's where I'm going to get. You know, at some point you're going to hit a hit a limit, right? And you're just going to be grinding your gears and not getting as much joy out of it. And had a few staff members leave. So I looked at one of my, my just my P&L, and I'm always examining this. How can I be better? Where are my expenses going? Where's the, where's the money going? And a big area that is going to is my payroll. Well, payroll is cut down right now. So I'm like, hey, I can still have the same bottom line, even though my gross might not be as high, if I schedule accordingly. So I pare down the schedule, and I'm spending more time with the patients, and I really like it. I feel like I'm practicing at a higher level and at a more maximum level of my competency, looking more for the medical aspect of things and then not referring as many things out. And I'm having fun with it. I also realized that, you know, you can pay yourself a big salary and have X amount of money in the in the business or pay yourself a little less, have a lot more money in the business account and then you know, if you want to buy a new OCT, if you want to buy an eye care, you know, tenometer, you can do that and not feel the burn, feel the pinch. And I can't, I bought a new OCT upgrade to the uh, 5000A. So I'm going to be able to do OCTA. I've got an eye care tenometer, just trying to build that medical aspect of the practice. And I, I'm like, man, this is, this is how I like to practice. And it's just changing my whole perspective about what my salary is going to be going forward and how I'm going to utilize the my my business account money. How I'm going to put more money and reinvest back into the business to grow that because that's where I get a lot of value and joy. I'm meeting my basic needs at home. My wife has everything she needs. My kids have what they need. I can pay for their school. I'm not hurting. No, I'm not trying to paint a pity party like I'm going to live like a miser in a, in a hut. You know, I'm not a minimalist here. Come on. But I don't need new cars. I don't need a bunch of these fancy things. I really love growing and investing in the business. And that's where I'm going to put my time, effort, and energy. I think once you get to the point of knowing what you like out of your job, what you need out of life, it makes things a lot easier. It's a lot of clarity, if you will. And that's that's just what I've gained in the past few weeks. I hope uh, you guys have the opportunity to look at yourself and figure out what you want and do the same thing. Okay. Um, the other thing about optometry, I spent the past 10 years building the practice. I've loved it. Right. I mean, build up the optical side. That was the easiest side to build. And I kind of got my blinders on. Right. So I'm like, Hey, the path of least resistance is just to have a really kickball optical, turn them and burn them, get them in, take advantage of managed care and go from there. And I didn't have a huge patient base. I didn't have a lot of uh, that medical equipment. So it was, a, it was a logical thing to do. But now that I've added all this, you know, topographer, I've learned how to fit sclerals. I'm seeing more glaucoma patients. I'm not referring as many things out. It makes you feel, I don't want to say important or like a doctor, but kind of like a doctor, right? Hey, I have more skills than just refracting here. And it's really kind of fun. It's a personal challenge, right? This is what I like to do. I like taking all this data and then doing something with it. It's nice to be able to get the data. When you don't have the data, 
it's really hard to treat glaucoma if you don't have an OCT, right? So now that I have this, it's just, it's a, it's a whole new mindset. I love the feeling when someone puts on sclerals for the first time and I show them their vision and they're like, I can't believe how good I, I see. They get tears in their eyes. They're emotional. That is why I got into this profession. Not that I don't love giving people glasses. I make, make them functional, you know, fitting a monovision, multifocal contacts. That has its place. But man, sometimes when you do those big things, sclerals is probably by far the best. It feels pretty cool. When you are able to do the OCT, the visual field, look at all the data and say, hey, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. Just has an added sense of value. So I, I, and I, I've talked about how I haven't liked doing it. And it's partly because I've, I've been lazy. Right, I, I really just have taken the path of least resistance, but there comes a point, and for me, it's ten years in where I'm like, hey, I gotta, I gotta do more. I want to stay challenged. I want more mental challenge. I want my office to grow even more. So I'm gonna keep the optical going. That that business I've refined. Let's build up these other aspects and see where we go. So that's the journey I'm on. Keep tuning in, and we'll have more uh, more for you next week. Where, oh, where has the time gone? We're to the closing thought of the episode. And again, today, I'm on that parenting mode. Again, don't get too caught up. I'm going to go back and relate this optometry. But having child number four, reading these things that they say to fathers, you know, getting all sentimental. And the comment was, your son, looking at how you act, your son will become it, your daughters will marry it. I'm like, man. Am I being as good as I can be? How can I be a better husband, doctor, boss, coworker, you know, son, daughter, or son, you know, to my parents and stuff like that? I'm like, how can I be better? Because if I'm setting an example, I gotta I gotta put the bar high, right? And then the thing is you always know your shortcomings that you just kinda brush off and my wife has to deal with it, but shoot, my kids don't need to. My kids don't wanna deal with that. I don't want my son to be like that. I don't want my daughters to have to marry someone like me that does all those things. And it's just it's just a perspective thing, right? So it kind of made me take note and say, how can I be better? Well, same goes for us as doctors of optometry. We have such an awesome position in the community. People respect us. They look up to us. When you're out in the community, someone's always watching. It's a patient. It's a... You know, school board member is someone on the nonprofit that you're with. Someone is always watching. And are you being the best person you possibly can be? And I don't say that from the perspective is like you should always worry that people are judging you, but you have the opportunity to change people's lives. The people that work for you, you can help them be better than they ever thought possible. You can help them see the standard that you don't go below, right? There's certain times when a patient will come in, have an issue, and how you deal with it will shock your staff. They'll be like, no way, that's that's how you do it. And you just, yeah, that's what we do here. That's our standard. And you know what? They'll go home, they'll have something happen, and it will raise their quality of life. Their standards for their home life will go higher because you're showing them the example at work, right? What you do matters, believe it or not. So, moral of the story is, be the example you want people to see. 
act in such a way that if everyone around you acted like this, the world would be a better place. I know it's a rah-rah message, but when I hear it from me as a parent, it really at home. I hope it affects you as doctors. That's what I got. Dr. Lily out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.